1: So welcome to the Brave Bold Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I am here today with such an inspiring leader. It is beyond recognition. However, it is the incredible Johan Lundgren, the group CEO of EasyJet. Welcome, Johan.
0: Thank you, Jeanette. That sounds like myself or my peer department just wrote that for you. But anyway, you know. (laughs)
1: You can pay me later.
0: <laughs> Over-exaggerated, exactly. Overexaggerated, but thank you very much. Great to, great to be with you.
1: Oh, not at all exaggerated. And you have had a very illustrious career, Johan, in the travel industry, but actually interesting early journey for you. So I am fascinated to hear from you directly, kind of the journey you've been on, where life started for you and where you are now. And then we're just going to dive in from there, if that's Okay.
0: Right okay yeah no listen i i uh, I, I think you, you know that because we know each other from before but i, I uh, my mind was really set out to become a, a musician by the time i was 11 i wanted to become and i told my mother that i want to become you know a, um you know a solo trombonist yeah so <laughs> that was what i was trying to do and and my mother, she was, you know, very much of the the view that, you know, what you set out to do and you know, whatever ambitions you had, you could do that. So she said, "Yeah, that sounds like a great idea," which it, of course, wasn't, uh, you know. And, but but I could have equally told her, "Look, I want to become the first person in, to go to Mars," and she would have said, "Yeah, that sounds absolutely fantastic. Let you know, what are your plans to get that going?" So so, anyways, I, I dedicate, my, dedicate myself, you know, through um, you know you know throughout my teenage years and and then also did, uh, you know, musical studies in in London as an example and overseas. And and, uh, then when I was, I think it was 19, you know, it was uh, evidently clear to me as I didn't make one audition into one of the institutes that I was uh, looking to to, uh, um, get into that, look, this is not going to work for me because I had practice more than was healthy from any individual's point of view and and I had the best teachers that I could possibly get and i I still didn't make the audition. so the whole idea that you were going to become you know one of the best in the world that was you know blatantly obvious to, to me back then. and then I, I I you know I sat down and I I, I remember I, I wrote up the things there was something they called, you know, plus, minus, and interesting. You you put everything that was on the plus side, so the things you wanted to do, and then you do on the minus stuff. You know, all the things what was bad about that, and then you came up with some interesting conclusions on that. And and I quickly realized that I look, I, I love to travel, um, and uh, I like to meet people. I, I am a true, genuine, you know, interested person in in other individuals and, and, and people. And that sounded like the travel industry. <laughs> you know, you kind of put that together. So, so uh, I started then as a tour guide. So I was a tour guide in in um, uh, I think the first uh, destination was Cyprus. So that was for for um, what is now TUI. A part of that, and then um, I essentially took it on from there. So I, I haven't gone to university. I uh, just started working with uh, you know with the travel and tourism from from. So people say from the bottom, but I actually think that those positions are some of the most important thing you can you can ever have because it gives you immense experience. Being a tour guide, as an example, as you know, and and um, I was also privileged to be working then in many parts of, of you know these type of organizations. So you get to know retail, you get to know hotels, you need to go get to know airlines and and you know the tour operator piece. So um, and then you know I you know I had a uh probably bad judgment but i was appointed managing director of the age of 29 and then i've been md and ceo uh, since then
1: wow so yeah and but it's interesting what you were saying earlier about your mum, johan and that she you could have you could have said anything career-wise and she would have backed you from what you said oh absolutely uh, yeah so so but when you were, you were set down that path of the classical trombonist and you, you, that was your dream at the time, yeah. how, that was almost, I suppose, your first big knockback, I guess, in life, thinking you were going to be something and then realising that maybe it, that wasn't what was going to happen for you. How, how was that at the time, dealing with that?
0: Well, I mean, it, it was a knockback in the sense from, a, you know, if you call it career, if you can call it that when you're that young. But mm-hmm. but my father died in a, in a plane crash when I was 11, and, and that was certainly something that was, a, you know, a, something that was, you know, the biggest knockback that I ever had. But I think that I also, you know, you know gave myself and, and my mom at that time, and also my brother, which I'm very close to still. My, my mom is not with us anymore. Uh, but, but I think it gave us also the, the outlook of, that, look you know there you 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 got to take the opportunities as they come and nothing is as serious as not you know trying to be at your best and do what you think you're capable of doing and and be a, you know a force for good uh, you know a, along the way of doing that so I think that it, it was a it was surely to some extent traumatic at that point at the 19 but then again I I, I you know I think I pretty much pick myself up very rapidly on that because you, when I got into that and and the notion of that industry, I mean, it's, you know, this this is so fun and it's exciting and it's such a development, you know, industry to be part of. So um, and I think that, you know, all those years where I, you know, did my practices, whatever that was, two, three hours per day and throughout the period, it gave me a lot of other things, you know, discipline and, um, you know, various other things that I, I came to be in use of, you know, as I progressed through my other career, so to speak
1: yeah well, you make a really good point actually about perspective because, as you say, you know when you lost your dad at the age of eleven, by comparison, not pursuing a certain career choice at the age of nineteen, you know is is, is as clear as clearly nowhere near as traumatic um, as losing your dad at such a young age. So I guess that perspective does help sometimes with with situations, doesn't it like that? And uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think so often we can get so consumed in the moment. That it's really useful to take a step back and go, well, hang on a minute, actually, let's let's kind of you know get real about this. It's yeah. not that bad.
0: <laughs> the, the, the issue though with that, and and it is exactly that way, but unfortunately that perspective comes with age. I'm sorry to say it's a typical thing, you know, when you get older, you are so much appreciative of experience, the value of experience, you know. But but I do think that it's not like when you're, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, you do that recognition. You know yeah. but, but it comes I think it comes and becomes a or can become part of, of, of what your outlook is and this was very much driven from you know clearly from my mother and my brother uh, you know in, in, in their outlook but I, when I look back upon it, you know I can clearly see that there's a, some some patterns uh, around that It was very you know um, apparent with my mother and my brother and, and myself at that point in time as we progressed
1: yeah yeah and what's the saying youth is wasted on the young I think they say. No, exactly they? exactly <laughs> yeah. we've become so old and wise Johan oh my yeah. god I, I finally I finally realized what my purpose in life is at the grand old age of 48 <laughs> yeah, yeah, me? Exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. but you're right actually you know you made a choice to go into the travel industry and it's a brilliant industry you know we've, we've both had a fabulous time in that in that sector and you, you know you're still very much in it leading EasyJet. But I just want to come back to the point how you started as a tour guide, because I totally agree with you that when you spend those roles at the coalface, if you like, dealing with customers, it really stays with you through your whole career, I think, about that, you know, that approach to customers and anything that happens at home can happen in resort, can't it? You know, yeah. it's not it's not all glamour, <laughs> let's no, face it.
0: No, it's not. And and then also, I mean, when, when you're like both of us had the privilege to work with really large organisations, you know, some of the largest, you know, tourism organisations in the world, and you would know that on a destination you know you would have you know on that particular day as many people in that destination that you know would be equivalent to the population of the town where I was grown up in mm. and yeah. and it, and it happens things when you got 10 20,000 people at certain places you know people go through all sorts of kind of things as well and if you are a is somebody who works in the front who works, you know, w- with customer. You you don't have the luxury to sit around and at the back of a desk to trying to work out and take up a manual to wonder, oh, how should I deal with this? There needs to be something within you and the way you get trained and 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 the way your persona works and how you deal with it. And you have yeah. to deal with it in a way that is ultimately in the, in the best interest for the for the for the customer and then also for the company and and the learnings you take from that and how you put that in place. I mean, the, if you ever use that expression, never dull moment, moment that, that, that's what you get in those jobs. And yeah. also it does help because if you've done that, you can kind of, when you you know progress you know, further in your career and, and perhaps take on positions when you are in leadership positions and you kind of, in a way, you get to see the whole um, landscape that you're dealing with. You have to see how it all hangs together. So when you're making a decision in there, I sometimes... Keep reminding myself. Well, you know, how will that play out for the customer-facing part of the organization? How will that play out for for you know the customers in there? Because I've experienced myself. You know, you're getting some you know, tremendously awkward you know direction from the head office to doing something. You can look at that and say, well, it's never going to work.
1: Yeah but, yeah, but you know
0: that 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 has happened to us all. By the way, I'm being responsible, I'm sure, for those those decisions, you know, uh, uh, as well. But I I think it helps. I think it helps if you've seen that part.
1: Yeah, and you make a you make a really interesting point because you said you know those those customer facing roles. Very often, you think of a a pyramid of an organization structure with you know the boss at the top and the the people down below in terms of dealing with the customers. And actually, if it's really important to reverse that pyramid, because arguably it's those people that are the most important in the organisation, isn't it, you know, nine times out of ten. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's it's great. So do you think that early experience, Johan, helped you as a leader? Because, I mean, you had an absolutely really fast progression up to MD, you know, at 29 to become MD is pretty young with that level of responsibility. So do you think that helped you when you did get into that leadership role?
0: Well, I, I think, I mean, there's uh, there was a number of, I think, you know, uh, coincidence that also to put me in a position, you know, with timing and, and so on as well, that I was asked to do this. And I, I think that if, but what it di- definitely did at that point in time, I think that company at that point in time wanted to have somebody from the industry, they wanted somebody who understood just that company. We, we we'd had a, a a a CEO beforehand. This is now in beginning of '93, actually 1993, who had been from the outside of the industry, and and the results hasn't been you know <laughs> brilliant to say the least. And and I think that they wanted just to try to get back to some roots and you know get some basics right. And of course that 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 had helped me. Um, so I, I'm sure that was you know part of the you know, equation why they you know. Did uh, give me that opportunity, mm.
1: and that was it, Resort, right? Is that, is well, that it, was actually,
0: it was actually there was actually a company who was then part of Scandinavian Leisure Group, which which then later on became My Travel, which then you know became uh, Thomas Cook. It was called Always Tour Operations, and it was based in Gothenburg. But it was a it was a you know one of the larger uh, tour operators in in, in Sweden. Um, and it, it started out as, as being part of um, the airline, Scandinavian airline leisure groups, you know, um, efforts into that area.
1: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And of course, with you being having your Swedish culture um, and but for the last, gosh, how many years? It's 15 years, is it that you've been in the UK or how long have you been in the UK, uh, Johan? Yeah, t- 2009. Yeah. yeah okay so yeah so so a long time yeah. do you see a massive shift in in the culture between running a business in sweden versus running a business in the uk or, or not so much
0: well, now, now I'm in the, you know, in, the, you know, I'm I'm more in into this environment here, you know, and we don't have, you know, any operation really in in Sweden, so i I probably don't know how it is there anymore, but but certainly the, there's been commonalities I think in in Sweden or for that matter the Scandinavian or the Nordic countries that 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 certainly I didn't think was so, you know, apparent when you you know went on to other areas, you know, the early. Digitalization uh, as an example mm. was part of that. And that meant so much as you can as you know from within our industry. I think also from a leadership style that there is, you know, clearly a more of a consensus-driven approach um, on, on, on the decision making, which can be, you know, incredibly frustrating sometimes because it just you just feel that it takes too long time. But ultimately, usually the quality of the decisions usually makes up for. For you know the the lack of speed, and then I think one has to recognize that this is not only black and white. I mean, things have progressed there, and things have moved on also over here. But I think that there are there are some common characteristic around that leadership. Um, I think that you know um, Scandinavia you know often produce leaders who was quite early on into diversity, as an example, um, and and also um, I think partly also because there was quite a large cost base there to bring on uh, people. You know, the social security costs were were, you know, significantly higher than it was if you were, you know, working in in, like I did in Canada, as an example over here, Mm -hmm. which meant that you had to be very, very, you know, focused on efficiency. And with efficiency comes also the way you looked at processes, procedures, investment into systems uh, as an example. And I think to some extent that has also characterized those businesses over there.
1: Mm, Yeah. And so you mentioned diversity um, and inclusion and obviously EasyJet, you have made some massive inroads in terms of, you know, getting more female pilots into into the operation. So actually making a conscious choice. Do you want to talk about, about that initiative and why diversity and inclusion is so important to you, and, and kind of how it's really shaping the business that you're leading now? Because you've got what fourteen thousand employees, roughly at EasyJet. It's it's a big operation, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it ultimately comes back to two things. One, it, it it's 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 a fundamentally commercial, you know, um, angle, and what what is actually you know economically the way you can try to make sure that you become as successful as you can and i think the notion that if you can let everybody be at their best level if you can get everybody to express themselves in the most natural way where you can take advantages of those that energy that passion that knowledge that ultimately must be better yeah. There's no way, other way of looking at that. And when you look at it from that point of view, and then you add on also the dimension of the fact is that, look, if this is going to be run as a team and companies are, are you know, consists of, of teams one way or the other, you must also, you know, recognize that the best outcome is actually by having people in here who has different experiences. They take different views on, on things, but they come together with a common you know goal in mind they they mm. set themselves up to work towards a common goal outcome but we come from different perspectives and they contribute in a different way and and uh, and i would have thought that 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 means that you need to make sure that you you have a diversity you know a, a, you know lens on when you're looking at people who you are sharing you know uh, your responsibilities with i mm. i never thought that You know 10 men in the boardroom is i I just think that is equally as bad as 10 women in the boardroom
1: yeah i'd agree i i
0: I don't think that you know for a moment that uh that you know one should try to look at the way where you got to just move from one thing to another you got to create you know the best possible mix when you're getting most of the experiences from you know people in there and you let them be at their best you let them express themselves so you get the best out of them then you stand a massive chance of actually, you know, creating some huge competitive advantage on that. So I think, and, and and then also there's something about this that I just think is the right thing to, to do. But I yeah. do think it's more about, I do think it's more about uh, generally less about the 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 group identity of, of, you know, where you would cluster people because that mm-hmm. in itself can also, you know, put some disadvantages that, well, only because I have been looking to try to get a, you know, a, a group with certain ethnicity in here, or from a, you know, uh, whatever background you have or identity you would you would prescribe to a, from a group point of view, you then have to assume that everybody in that group is the same. Well, they're not. Mm. They're not. So, so that's why you need to get back to the individuals around this. But the, when you do that as such, you will also then notice when you're putting together that group of five and the ten that if you're looking at that, you will automatically come into creating a diversity when it comes to the environment of the thinking. It just follows. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm I'm not, you know, I used to be a, you know, I used to be pro quotation Uh, and I'm not anymore. I I, I think that that is, that is, it it can work. I should say, if you haven't done any work on this at all, well, you probably should think about quotation, but it's too late then. But, you know, but I do think that what you need to then, because then you would kickstart this, you would get some debates going and you, you you get that going. But I think ultimately you need to move away from that, that you're creating that diversity through the individuals in there and you will see that it will represent a better diversity of mix of both gender and whatever, you know, uh, uh, type of characteristics you would, you would call within the group. Um, authenticity, as such, as well, but also, you know, having people in a, in the, you know, like myself, who hasn't gone to university, I think yeah. that part of diversity thinking. Um, yeah. You know, instead of having just ten people who just gone to the same schools, best schools in the world, and they come together, well, guess what? They're going to come up with roughly the same ideas of a solution. <laughs> yeah. and, and then, then you're ten. Then you're at least not eight too many people.
1: Yeah, no, you're spot on, and it's interesting. I mean, when you talk about gender diversity, uh, people think it's not about better or worse. Women and men are different, and that's the joy of it, right? <laughs> that's the whole point. It is. It is. <laughs> you know?
0: but, but here, here's here's the point on that. You know, when when you, you know, yes, there are enough studies and there are enough examples that there are differences between, you say, men and women. Mm-hmm. But the point where I struggle with that is that that will not make any sense to me when I meet an individual from one of the yeah. genders. Because he or she could be completely different. There are different mixes. So the problem is the macro doesn't work out when you bring yeah. it down to the levels of the individual. And no individual, no individual should be prohibited by the, by the limitation of the view that I would put on mm-hmm. you being a woman as an example.
1: Yeah, How would yeah. that
0: be fair at all? No, I could be no, right. tremendous lot of opportunities in there, and and not make the best come out of yourself as well. So mm. I think that this is a it, it's um it's a lot of things that is uh, interesting in, in this subject. But ultimately, it's about you know, look, you are going to get the best out of people, and usually do that by allowing each and every one to express themselves. You know the way they feel more comfortable, and then really take the advantages of of their strengths and and their contributions.
1: Yeah, no, you're spot on. 100 agree with you, Johan. And and that's it, isn't it? You know, and if you've got to cre- create that right environment um, for for that, not just to be a view that sits with you, but also with with all the way through the organization, right? Yeah. And that that's uh that's the key. And it's easy, Jay, You've made you have made big strides um, in in establishing a culture that I'm sure you're very proud of as well. How would you describe the culture at EasyJet, Johan, under your leadership?
0: Well, I, I think it's—I uh, it, think it's something that started, you know, before I was there. You know, I, I think yeah. you know I'm, you know, really proud to be able to, you know, continue and to, to be part of that. But it's an egalitarian company.
1: Mm.
0: It, it's a company where where I think most people w- would say that they feel as committed and passionate and engaged um as as anyone else in there it, it, it is an egalitarian company i think that the from the point of view that we do believe that we are an absolute force for good for you know millions and millions and millions of people in europe that if we weren't around they couldn't live their life in the way that they would do uh, if we weren't there, and I've seen so many examples of that, you know, Jeanette, after the the uh, in in the virus, where I've yeah. had you know hundreds and hundreds of customers contacting me to say, look, you got to start going again because, look, you know, I, I I use you as an integrated part of how I live my life to go and see my mom in that city or go, um, you know, and and do X, Y, and, and Z. And easyJet is you know it's it's the second largest airline in Europe. You know, we yeah. had hundred millions of customers here just just before this 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 happened, uh, close to hundred million. So you know, on, on a you know annual basis, and 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 I think that you know we've been immensely proud that you before we were there, flying was for privileged and rich and, and wealthy people. Mm. This was a product and service that wasn't available for for most people. You know, hardworking families and 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 students alike, and. And this yep. is now something where you can, you know, an average fare is, you know, 60 pounds, um, you know, in, in, in normal times. And um, it's not 150. And I always thought it was great about the company because it gave an experience that was much better than you would attribute it to normal low-cost carriers. And mm. the company was digitally advanced quite early on. And, and I think that has, you know, some of the, that's some of the core, you know, foundations about the company. I think we all believe that we do something that is a force for good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And that's it. I mean, you know, let's talk about leading through a pandemic, shall we, Johan? Because we can't really have a conversation without actually um, using, you know, talking about that. But I think the point is more around, you know, dealing with adversity. Building resilience, you know, all of those skills. So of course it's been stretched and tested, hasn't it, in particular during the last 12 months? But I think the the discussion itself is very valid at any time really when you're having to navigate, you know, choppy waters um, in the world of business. So do you want to just sort of share a little bit the approach you've taken to navigating through this pandemic with the leadership that you've put in place and some of the things that have been really important to you during this time?
0: well I, I think it's um if you take you know what we've been through at easy there's actually been a been a number of things that that uh, you know um everything it's not a secret we had a data breach um uh, as you know and there has been also you know the the brexit which nobody seems to be talking about here. that was. Just like, the biggest crisis that, that we were going to face, and then you had the yeah. pandemic, and and you would also know that there's been a you know a, a, you know an ongoing you know dispute with with the, the largest shareholder. So you take all of these things into you know one place and and recognize that this has all happened within a very short period of a time frame. So and and um, I think the way you know I, I've been going on about that and and decided I, you know I wanted to do it in that way, and hopefully that has been you know, uh okay and 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 a good way of doing it was actually to break it down in pieces. Because when you're putting all of that together, you're gonna think, and when it happens at the same time, you know, how how on earth are we gonna manage this thing? You know, and that could certainly have been the first thought when I waking up many early mornings throughout this year. But once you get going from that, you know, first five seconds of, of horror, <laughs> you start breaking it down in pieces. And then you know, well I can deal with this with with the team there and we can do that and we can manage that. And when that is done, we're gonna move on to the next meeting. And that's when I'm dealing this with another team. And and you certainly break it out in pieces. And each and every one of those things you know that you're gonna be able to solve. Mm-hmm. You know you're gonna be able to to get the right outcome out of this one. If 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 it works along the way you you, you know you hope it's gonna work for. And then suddenly, you know, you, you have you know then manage through that that situation, but it's been incredibly tough, you know. And mm-hmm. and certainly nobody could argue that you know anyone would have got everything absolutely hundred percent right, you know, at, at any point in time. And neither ha- have ourselves. But I think breaking it down in pieces has been you know a good thing to do. And then I think it's important also to focus on the outcome. Mm. You know, it, it's it. You know, there's you gotta you gotta cut through what's noise, and you gotta. You know, focus on actually stay focused on what you're trying to achieve. Don't let the everyday sentiment and the pressure that builds up on on you as a company, or even as you as on, on as an individual, um, through media and through whatever have you. You know, make sure that you stay focused on what you're trying to achieve, and then not let the noise, you know, court you out on that whole thing. And of course, that that helps with with experience when you when you can try to separate those things um so you know it's it's um i think a a couple of observations the the one can do along the way
1: yeah no you you make such a a valid point because it it can be difficult sometimes can be overwhelming when things are happening like that and you're right how do you just cut through that calmly focus on where you're heading and then just try and you know take it piece by piece what's it saying how do you how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time or something and it yeah, it is that, isn't it? And I, and I think that's great advice because anyone listening to this, I'm sure they'll be dealing with their own business challenges, whether it's in a big business, a small business yeah. or a soul or solopreneur, you know, someone that's running their business from their kitchen table, you know, it's it's yeah. It's just bigger numbers right uh, but the concept is the same um, yeah. and i and, think and that- then
0: also when you're dealing when you have a team and i'm, I'm privileged to have an extraordinary strong team you know mm-hmm. working with me and and in the company but but i also think that the the whole notion when it, it is at, at at its worst and, and it's really the toughest you have to be the one who also you know is at their best you know you have to take the responsibility to show up every morning and, and try to do and be a good example to have a yeah. to have a good, you know, temperament and to have a good humorous, you know, outlook outlook if that is what is needed to provide that energy, you know, and, and really show up every day. You know, yeah. it, even if every you know, clearly, you know, when you go to bed on the evenings when you had a really bad day and, and you look yourself in the mirror and you think, Oh, you know, that wasn't good, you're you're fortunate enough that you can wake up in the next day and you can actually start again. Yeah. You can start again and, and whatever difficulties you thought you went through on, on that day, you know, that is not something that you're going to think about or other people would think about, you know, in a couple of days time because that's just how, how it works. So you must also then lead and show up. And you, you know, you know what I mean in showing up. In, yeah,
1: yeah, in absolutely. That
0: sense, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you've got to bring your whole self to that, haven't you? As well, you know, you have because to. It, you know yeah. it's one thing to be a leader, and I think it's an interesting um, perspective actually. Because sometimes I think in business we feel maybe it wrong, well, quite often wrongly that we have to behave in a certain way or look a certain way or that there's a, you know, a typical, a typical leader. But the whole point is, I think, you've got to be yourself, be authentic and and bring your personality to play because actually that's what people buy into. People buy people, yeah. don't they, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be authentic is absolutely key and and, uh, and I think once again coming back to to, to to talk about you know what you learn the older you get and the more experience you are is that yeah you know perhaps you you know one wish that I would have known that when I was 29 you know instead of trying to you know be something or, or, or thought that you were in a certain case but you you get exposed so dramatically uh, when you're not yourself and, <laughs> and and people will see that through you know so I mean there's certainly been some I think examples when when early in my career when when you know you were trying to be some because you thought that that was the way you're going to be, and when you're exposed, it's, it's brutal experiences. You laugh about <laughs> yeah. it now, but but I think that that, that uh, authenticity is, is absolutely critical um, in, in when it comes to successful leaderships. And and Can to you- your point, and it, what you're saying is right. It's not true that you, we speak about being c- driven by consensus, you know, in, in the Scandinavian. It's nothing stats that really really shows that that is genuine better outcomes or more mm-hmm. successful results yeah there will there will be some people who claims that and consultancy firms in Scandinavia but they're equally tremendous amount of, of, of people you know who leads their business in a much more authority with authority and and you know direct instructions way and and, and and you can't tell that one is more successful read it than the other. So what you need to do, you need to come back to what you represent, what's mm-hmm. true to yourself. What what? How do you lead without you know dr- getting the you know? M- how do you lead without draining yourself of energy in the way you lead?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would have
0: thought about that as well. So if you could do things and you could lead things with a minimum amount of drainage from an energy point of view certainly that's going to be the best and if you if you do that and have that outlook well clearly being authentic is 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 key uh, in yeah. every aspect
1: so how do you do that johan how do you keep yourself in peak condition when you've got all the pressure that you've got running that very large organization easy and also i mean let's not forget massive career at tui hello you know we yeah. haven't talked about that too much but um you know a very large organization there as well with you know, lots of different source markets and cultures. So, when you've got pressure at work and you're leading the business, how do you keep yourself in good shape?
0: Well, I, I think uh, you know. First, of all, you know, I, I'm very driven about the fact that look, I want to be to the extent I can. I want to be proud of the work that I'm doing. I, I always mm. thought about you know, work that, you know, someday you look back and say, well, you know, I, I, I did the best I could to the ability that I had with information and the knowledge I had at that point in time. So, try, you know, set yourself out to be proud of, of what you're doing gives you energy. Now, also with, with both, you know, TV and with EasyDebt, it, it's an extraordinary easy, you know, uh, mission to be on because you are, you are a force for good. Many millions, millions, tens of millions of people are depending on on the product and service that you are privileged enough to be leading that organization to supply. That's an amazing uh, you know benefit. And if you don't get energy from that, well then, then then you should pack up and go home and do something else. So I take a lot of energy also that, that, that comes with, you know, what, what the mission and the purpose is of, of what EasyJet, you know, was. You know, the mm. this product and service wasn't available before companies such as EasyJet was around. And and, it's, and and you feel that you are, you are, you know, part of something that is greater and part of something that is bigger. And that is a humbling experience, but it also gives you quite a lot of energy. Yeah. Uh,
1: and,
0: and people, you know, t- uh, I spoke about my team before and, and people in this organization. Tremendous, and passionate, you know, about the do and tremendous commitment, and and they have views and they have strong views, and certainly don't every time agree with all the decisions I'm taking or we're taking. Uh, but you know, you you take that, you take that commission, uh, commitment, and passion, rather than just people say, well, well, whatever, you know, and that gets in. Yeah,
1: energy. yeah, and you know, I mean, one thing that's that I've always been very lucky with through my career and has been to have amazing people around me. You know, whether it's the likes of Peter Long or other people, you know, in the industry or, or actually, you know, sort of informal mentors. You know, Richard Prosser, my old boss when I was in Russia and China and God knows wherever around the world running the emerging markets, was has been an incredible influence and support to me. So how important have mentors, formal or informal, been for you in your career, would you say?
0: Oh, massively. You know, I, I said earlier that I didn't go to university. So, but but I, you know, I recognized myself early, you know, that I, I needed to find ways of compensating how I could get on to that knowledge. Because I, I, at the time, if I started traveling, it, it didn't it wasn't inspiring for me to think about I was going to go back and do three or four years in the university and then you just mm. got on and then I got, got, you know, this MD job. But I, I, even before I got that first MD job, you know, I started with, with mentorship and I, by that time I, I wrote, you know, to people, that time you wrote letters um, <laughs> and uh, and and people who I just admired. And, and I don't think that... Uh, you know, one was Boostram said he was an, you know, editor a, a chief of, of Expressen, which is one of the tabloids at that point in time, mm. and he kept it immediately. And and um, I, I've had other you know people who's been mentored, really mentors all my I life. Without mm. no exception has anyone said no, uh, no charge, no cost, no fee, nothing. Because I think I genuinely just demonstrate that, you know, that I, I have so much to learn. I'm so eager. It would be absolutely fantastic on your conditions if I could spend some time with you. Um, and and uh, Michael Treshkov, who is the for, former chairman at Unilever, and he, he was uh, chairman also at Ericsson. Um, you know, he has been my mentor, and I was a you know good friend, you know, for, for, for ten years. And and the 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 what you learned was was uh, remarkable. Um yeah. So, but I also think it's about the outlook and the, you know, the curiosity you have to have yourself to pick up, you know, the best in people. You, mm-hmm. do, you don't need to, you, you can, you don't need to swallow the whole package. I would have thought about that. You know, I, I've had several people that, that, you know, I've been saying, oh yeah, I'm going to take that from, from her. I'm going to take that yeah. from him. And, yeah. and that works for me and that doesn't work. But the point of a authentic mentorship is that you can, you can explore your own thoughts, your own you know, concerns in a safe environment and then the beauty of it is that you can just head straight back into the office when there was times when we did get- <laughs> um, you know and try it out. Yeah. You know? and, and, and that's just remarkable. I, I think so I'm a massive massive fan of, of mentorship or, or that whole notion of, of you know ability to, to take the best out of individuals. And apply it to yourself and see if it works and, and take lessons from that yourself.
1: Yeah. And actually, before we started recording, Johan, you were mentioning about, you know, always wanting to be a better version of yourself um, yeah. and sort of, a, you know, a curiosity, natural curiosity. And I guess, you know, I always think we're all work in progress till the day we die, aren't we? You know. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: and and I, I genuinely think that, you know, every day you wake up, you have the opportunity to, you know, uh, be, be, be a little bit better than you were yesterday in, in yeah. every aspect you look at it. and you know you, of course you're not going to succeed that's not that's not the point the point is of the 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 ambition not to waste time on something and then just less affair let let it go by this is one of the few things I I've said to my children you know uh, and I'm certainly not you know uh, a very principled father as such you know but but I do have said to them you know don't waste your lives you know mm. if you if you set your mind at something, you know, give it your best shot. You own that to yourself. You know, yeah. you, you, you know, don't, don't, don't waste it. You know, and then if it fails and it doesn't work, well, that's not the that that doesn't matter. But give yourself the best shot at any point in time. And 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 I always thought that that is you know still with me for that you know you know as I evolve as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's great advice and and also to give your kids the freedom to explore and find what their path is going to be and give it a go. Like your mum, I guess maybe that came from, you know, your mum encouraging you to to choose which direction you wanted to go in and she'll support you anyway, you know?
0: Yeah, um, and you know when people say, and it comes particularly to, to people who are, in the, you know, when they're gonna to need to, you know, start determining, you know, what they're gonna do, you know, coming out of school or, or whatever that is as well, that it's actually less about the direction that they're taking than they think. We know that, this is, once again, you know, that that's not the, you know, it's not gonna be a life determining decision most likely that you can turn on. But what's gonna be more important is actually the way you approach it, the way you go about that. You know, you got to do something that you feel genuinely excited about. If you want to be really good, if you want to be, you know, trying to be, and, and we can put whatever we want in the word "successful," because that means a whole lot of different things to different people. Yeah. But ultimately, you you need to spend a lot of time on it. And if you're going to spend a lot of time, it you got to make sure that it's fun. You got to make yeah. sure it's it's exciting. You got to feel that look, this is great. I'm waking up here today, and I can't wait on to to do it because I'm going to do a lot of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I mean, we've known each other for quite a few years, Johan, because I can't believe actually how time flies. But uh, one yeah. thing that you always bring, uh, and whenever I've been in your companies, is just energy. And passion for what you do um, and, and that that's clear you know and I think to instill that in your in your kids and those people around you is is a great thing to do because life's too short isn't it to spend time on stuff that's not going to give you joy um, yeah. and help you know help you on the right path but um yeah. when it could when it comes down to what's important to you Johan obviously very passionate about EasyJet but if I was to say to you what's your reason why you know what? What's your purpose? What you know what's what. What drives you? Um, either in the well, both the business and personally as well.
0: Well, I I think I, I think I mentioned some of it. I I want to ultimately be proud of you know wh- what I've been doing. I, I mm. want my kids to be proud of what I'm doing. I want my wife to be proud of what I'm doing. I want my colleagues and my boards to 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 be proud of what you're doing. Uh, and um, you know um, that that's where I get my inner motivation from. My you know, I'm I'm an extroverted person in, in many sense. You know, I I do reflect a lot on you know energies that I'm getting, but I also am you know quite uh, you know motivated from an inner self about you know trying to you know be as good as you possibly can with all the limitations that that comes with that. But I think that 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 drives you, and it's good it's good when you find your own inner motivations. You 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 know that you know because. You know it's um, I I was asked not long ago on you know how do you motivate people And I, I think I said well to the, to the least extent possible and the person looked at me and said what do you mean by that well you know if you if you find the right people at the right space in the right frame of work you just need to make sure that they get the framework to express themselves with the things that come from inside them that's how you create true motivation so what what you can do is be responsible to Get things out of the way, let them be whatever they can be, and, and create that framework. But don't don't tell me to go into an audience and, of a thousand people and say, why do you motivate them?" Well, of course you, you can do that, and that, that's a different thing. But you know, it has to ultimately come from 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 each and every one as as individuals. And you can provide a framework for that. But you know, the, to think that leaders, you know, primarily are there, oh, you know, to inspire AT, well, it, it works on the surface for some time, but ultimately, you know, people need to have that motivation themselves. I, I can't, certainly cannot provide it for them.
1: Yeah, well, you can't force people, can you? I guess that's oh, the point, you know, yeah. they, they, they're there because they choose to be there and they buy yeah. into everything together that you're trying to achieve. And no, that's fantastic. And you see, like, the,
0: and the sense, sorry, sorry for interrupting, the, the sense of achievement then, I, I experience becomes greater
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Individuals' achievement, when when they fulfill what they have achieved with what they felt um, was, you know, the the driver behind a certain, you know, thing they did or uh, an assignment they took on, is so much greater than the fact that you were trying to get a, you know, you know, kind of a polished version or let's come together here let's just make this happen and all of that and you can you're great you're this and this and this that's not the same thing as you felt that look this came from inside me and i nailed it together with the team here i i was part of it and and you know
1: yeah you nearly turned into an american version then johan i thought i was i thought it was a tony robbins event for a second (laughs) Yeah. You, you are naturally uplifting, Johan. I, I love I love it, uh, chatting with you. It's great. And you know, if you were giving advice to someone that's thinking about their career and you know which path they take, what advice would you give them to um, to to have a successful career, but also do something that they they enjoy and and going to love?
0: Well, I, I think you I, I think you need to recognize that you need actually to spend some time on it. Mm. You know I, I, I genuinely believe that you know that 10,000 hour rule or whatever that is. but I, yeah. I do genuinely believe that you know, like I said, don't don't waste your you know your opportunity that comes your way and whatever you decide to do is actually less important than the approach you take as you as you're you know uh, starting to work with something. find out what you what gets you excited. Find out what, what if you believe that you want to be a meaningful and a force for good in the sense, well, what are those things? Or if you want to do something different, then, you know, find find that out. But trying to dig into, you know, does this really, really excite me? Or do I do it because it is expected from me by parents? Or do I do it because uh, oh I can quickly get onto that to make a little bit more money than if I actually did what I... What, what I wanted to do, um, I, I think there are a number of. There's a lot of noise coming back to it again that can distort your ability to think about those things. So the more you can try to separate the noise from, you know, the the the, the things that is is true to yourself, and and this comes with time. You're not going to get it right, and certainly there there's you know uh, lessons to be learned when you don't do that. But it's not the end of the world. You know, the world doesn't fall apart of you failing or. Or me failing, and I've done that a number of times, too many times to even, you know, talk about. We would go on for hours to talk about, you know, failures and and things that hasn't worked out in the way I thought it would be. But none of them has proven to be and it is very rarely for people, in the way that, you know, you can't learn from it and you beca- can become a better self the next day.
1: Mm, yeah, learning from failure. And and not seeing failure as failure, see it as learning, right?
0: Yes, I know. I know. And, and there was a, the one, one person, one mentor told me once, and I thought it was a good good thing. He said, look, you, if you're an organization and you're a leader, you know, um, attribute the successes to we and us and the failures to I and me. Mm-hmm. And because in, in that way, you know, you do, you know, provide a cover. You do provide a protection for people to go on to those routes and take those risks that are so necessary for any company to be successful and you can do that in an environment where it is you know safe to do so but that only works also of course if you learn from them
1: yeah you know? yeah so much amazing advice in all of this Johan thank you very much it's going to be everyone's gonna love listening to this as I'm loving chatting to you <laughs> so I, I've got I could talk to you for hours Johan but I'm going to ask you a few final questions if I may right um, so can you think of the best piece of advice that you have ever been given?
0: Well, the best piece of advice I, 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 I got was that, you know look at yourself in the mirror mirror and try to be as proud as you can of be yourself. because I think it's ultimately if you if you can do that and if you aim and strive to do that, you can live with your limitations and failures and 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 the things that isn't there, but you did it to the best of your ability with the knowledge you had at that that point in time. And then also that that means that you know you have an ability the next day to come up and and be a better you know self again. You know,
1: yeah, brilliant. I love that. That's great. And can you think of the worst piece of advice you might have ever been given? Either that you didn't take because it was so bad, or you took it and wish you hadn't.
0: A <laughs> well, good good distinction. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, I, you know there, there's a sentiment and people say this to this day and you can read management literature about it but you, you know uh, there's something about this you know make it easy for you that I always kind of <laughs> I can I get what they're trying to say with that you know don't complicate it make it easy for you make it you know I, I get that but I think that sometimes it is about you know trying to be a little bit more clever you know make it a little bit more interesting be take it to the next step. you know be don't be intellectually lazy you know think about you know that good enough thing perhaps isn't good enough really. And then also there's something about the complacency that comes with these things if you put it in the aspect of a culture of a company. Yeah. If, if you're saying that look we're gonna make it easy, we got and, and the, the, there's a lot of good things with that you know simplicity and clarity mm. and, and all of that but but you know truth of the matter is that if you're going to come up with something here that's going to move and shake the world in a good sense you need to you need to give it some thought you know yeah. and i always find that to be intellectually you know much more exciting you know
1: yeah yeah well i guess easy come easy go right that's that's the thing no it is you know <laughs> and we
0: had sometimes and you know you have been through that and and, and uh, and, and myself as well in career where you know say well you know it's good enough well is it really is it <laughs> yeah. really good enough you know yeah so what yeah. happened if it was slightly better if we if we still can have this job why don't we try to do it as the best we possibly can we just can have the job anyway so why yeah. not try to be at the best we can in every occasion because and it's not it's not uh it's not a it's not religion. You're going to get it wrong, but I think it's the outlook and the the mindset that I am much more like about you know those organizations and teams who has that and the individuals who who you know take take that approach.
1: Yeah, I love it. That's great. Thank you, Johan. And my final question to you is: What does brave, bold, brilliant mean to you?
0: I, I no, I, I think it's actually, and it's going to sound like we made up the name on the on the pod, podcast here for for some of the things that I was trying to explain I think it's the ambition and the the um, you know the fearlessness that automatically come with the joy of leading with the joy of being part of success in a team and the ambitions you set out for yourself that, that I think it, you know it, it is you know encompassed and, and, and you know can be linked to those to those statements. Um, because I think it's about, you know, you're setting a, you're a guiding light. You're setting a, a level of ambition on where you want to be. And, you know, this is the business podcast, you know, ultimately in terms of what we, we, mm-hmm. we're doing and how we're thinking about these things. And I, I think it's a brilliant summary on, on you know, which I think, you know, um, more companies should, should uh, you know, e- embrace. And it's so difficult these times because, you know, particularly with the, with the media landscape where you get more, you know, uh, you get hung out because of mistakes or or you know you can get you know a, a massive amount of attention for for failures and so on and and that is the ultimately the opposite of what those three statements are but you got to stay true to yourself and be a force for good and and share that joy and the privilege and responsibility with others and then it's, it's much easier to get onto that journey
1: yeah well johan you are brave bold and brilliant i have to oh, tell wow. you
0: Janet, well, (laughs) once again, you're you're finishing off the same exaggerations of notes that you did starting out this podcast. But thank you very much for that, anyway. So
1: (laughs) take the compliment. I only speak the truth. (laughs) No, honestly, thank you, Johan. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so. Thank you so
0: much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.